Do you currently rely on one single source of income? What if you suddenly lost your job? In these very uncertain times, we hear regularly about large companies downsizing and laying off hundreds or even thousands of employees. How stressful would your life become if you were suddenly unemployed tomorrow? How long could you afford to live your current lifestyle? Would you have to vacate or sell your home? Does the thought of losing your sole source of income strike fear deep within you? What if you could have a backup, or better yet, multiple backup sources or streams of income? How much better would you sleep knowing you had multiple income streams? Welcome to the Multiple Streams of Income podcast. Listen and explore the very real possibility of creating multiple streams of income of your very own. Now, here's your host, David Doggett. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Multiple Streams of Income podcast. And I realized it took me till episode six today to realize that um, I really haven't shared that much information about myself personally. So that's what this episode is going to be all about. Uh, I'm going to talk about my own multiple streams of income, which will hopefully inspire you in some way, shape or form, or maybe uh, you'll come up with some questions that you want answered. Um, but yeah, I am, uh, my name is David Doggett. I'm 38 years old as I record this podcast. Um, and I really became inspired to start this show to share with others what they could possibly think of doing to create an additional income stream or maybe even multiple income streams. Because the reality is most people get up and they work a nine-to-five job, maybe even more, maybe more hours in the day. But they're working for someone else. Um, you know, you're 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 essentially working hard to make someone else money, and that's fine. And the majority of the world is okay with that. Um, there's some. There's usually a sense of some security to that. Although I'm not sure about. In today's day and age, uh, you know, with all the layoffs and everything that are happening, very uncertain times. Um, so what I want to do is explain where I'm coming from, and maybe that will inspire you to uh, to see what, you know, ideas you have burning deep inside. So uh, again, I'm 38 years old. Um, I guess I'll take you back to um, one of my guests David Francis, back in episode four, uh, you can find that at msipodcast.com slash 004. Um, he got talking and was explaining about how, you know, his entrepreneurial spirit goes back to when he was just, you know, eight or nine years old doing a paper route. And that really got me thinking. And that is what happened to myself. Um, first of all, I should explain that I have two parents, uh, both my mother and my father, who would be classified as entrepreneurial. My father started a construction company um, before I was born. And, uh, you know, that's how I knew his career growing up. He had his own construction company, he had, you know, up to 10 or 12 guys working for him at one point in time. Um, he later dissolved the company and kind of uh, moved to doing just renovations and that kind of thing before essentially retiring. But, um, he, you know, through my childhood, my father had his own company. My mother was a teacher, but then she changed to 
more of an entrepreneurial uh, type career. She started her own lampshade, um, handmade lampshade store. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and she did that for quite a while uh, until she decided to slow down and retire. So, um, but myself, I do go back to, I think I was only nine years old when I acquired a paper route in my neighborhood. And unfortunately, we don't really have those opportunities anymore for young kids to, to get their feet wet in that sort of entrepreneurial type uh, path. But I did do that. I enjoyed the paper route. It was a bit nerve-wracking. I wasn't really comfortable with asking people for money. Um, but, you know, gradually I got used to that. And, um, and then um, later on, once I graduated high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, and I see a lot of this with, with kids nowadays. Um, a lot of the times they're sort of pushed to do something that maybe they don't want to do. Or maybe they're not given enough opportunity to think about what they really want to do with their life. Um, and you see an awful lot of money wasted. You know, a lot of kids do go on to university and they realize what they want to do and they, you know, they they work through those steps and those years to do that. But uh, personally, at least in my inner circle, I've seen many people... Uh, graduate high school, be pushed off to university, and you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars later or more, realize that that was not what they want to do, or uh, there aren't enough opportunities in that field, and that's terrifying. I mean, especially being a father of two younger kids right now, um, I'm hoping that you know by the time they get to that phase, they do have a pretty good idea of what they want to do. Um, and if it does require uh, university, I mean, that is a good idea. It's good. You can't have too much education, so it is a good idea to do that. But I just want to make sure that the path that they take and the education they get is relevant to what they want to do with the rest of their lives. So when I graduated high school, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, there was one point I thought I wanted to be an airline pilot, and then my, my uh, view on that changed before graduation. So I just decided I wanted to sit back and relax a little bit. And, uh, and what happened was I was basically immediately offered a job uh, as a uh, retail sales type clerk in a uh, fishing, camping, hunting store. Now, I knew the, the owner of the store. So I'm also going to push a lot of this through this podcast uh, show is that a lot of what happens to you isn't necessarily what you know, but it's who you know. Uh, and I've heard that many times, and I can personally attest to that uh, many, many times. It really hasn't boiled down to exactly what I know or what I'm qualified in, but it's who I know and their perception of me and my abilities. So um, graduate high school... Uh, a, a fellow I knew offered me a job to work in his store. Uh, I thought, this is great. You know, I can make some money. I'm still living at home. Uh, give me some time to figure out what I want to do next with my life. I did that for, um, I think, a year, maybe a year and a half, two years. And around that time, my sister uh, ended up dating and marrying um, a fellow who was working 
in a uh, computer-based training company. And at that point, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I did enjoy working on computers to some degree. I really didn't know what area of computers I was that interested in. But he said, hey, you know what? This company that I work for, excuse me, we're, you know, we're looking for new apprentices uh, because, you know, we've got a lot of contracts coming in. It was mainly government-based contracts, which was good for the stability of the work and the income. Uh, So he said, you know, look, if you can learn this, you know, I'll lend you my laptop. It has this specific computer application on it. If you can learn it, then... Um, you know, you you can go in for an interview and maybe get a job. And I was like, well, that's cool because that's essentially the type of work that I may have been interested in should I have gone to university. I just didn't have that that specific interest in computer programming or anything like that. So anyway, but this was, was kind of unique because it was object-based computer programming. It was more of a visual environment mixed with graphics. So I did have an interest in the graphics end of things. So I, what I did, I did exactly that. I learned this application over a period of uh, weeks. It might have been over a period of a month or two. Can't remember exactly. It was back in, uh, I think, 1997. And, um, you know, when I got to the point where he thought I was able to do an interview, I went in to, and I had an interview uh with a panel of people at the office. I ended up doing very well in the interview, quickly got an apprentice position, which paid me way more than I would have uh, been making if I had stayed at the uh, the fishing and hunting camping store. I did enjoy that retail sales environment, though. Um, it was a little uncomfortable, but I knew the fishing end of it extremely well uh, because I, I, I was very heavily into sport fishing, and I still am. Um, So anyway, this new apprentice job with a computer-based training company went very well. Um, They they also quickly offered to uh, pay for some continuing education for me, so I ended up taking night classes at a university, got my computer science certificate, and, uh, and they ended up paying for a lot of that. And then I quickly qualified for a full, t- you know, a full level position, no longer an apprentice, better pay, uh, and I did that for several years. And it, but what happened? And again, I want to clarify: this episode is going to be a bit of rambling on about myself and where I'm coming from with with being in this industry that I'm in. So, um, full, I'm a fully qualified employee of this company. We're working on government-based projects. You know, we're doing graphic-type programming and computer-based training applications. And I was working on one contract that was um, for the uh, Canadian Navy at the time. And I just, you know, it was it was enjoyable. I really enjoyed working with the people. But I could feel that I wanted to do something a little different, a little more inspiring, uh, so what happened was I started a web design company with a buddy of mine in high school, a neighbor who was a good friend of mine, and still is. And we started that company, and it was basically on the side. He was working uh, a job at the time. I was working for this computer-based training company. And we started taking on a couple clients. 
and we were building websites and doing sort of flash type presentations and uh, it was really when flash was just starting to take off and when i say flash i mean back when it was macromedia flash just a very you know fairly basic timeline based application for creating animation on the web and it was creating little animations it was creating full full blown websites in flash um so as we're we're collecting a few clients um it's it's just a part time income uh we're learning as we go and what happened was we ended up taking on one particular client who decided that you know he liked this direction he liked what we were providing <clears throat> excuse me but he wanted he wanted to basically hire myself where i was sort of the lead designer and he wanted me to look at moving down to maryland where he uh, where he lived and he was a great guy fantastic guy we still keep in touch and he's extremely successful um but i want to walk you through how this kind of played out so what happened was he offered me uh the opportunity to work for him full time and i said look right at the time i was engaged to my uh, fiance and i said look when we get married here's what we're going to do we're going to we'll drive down on our honeymoon we'll make our honeymoon out of driving down the eastern coast and we'll come down and meet you and and kind of talk this through and see how this might work out Uh, because that's a major decision to to be contemplating um so we did exactly that uh, the day after we got married, we started our journey down the eastern coast. We drove uh, down. I believe my wife got extremely sick, which was unfortunate. But uh, by the time we reached Maryland, she was starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, we ended up meeting this fellow and his his family, and also another partner in his company. And you know, again, it was put out there. You know, I could move down and work there in his home office with him, and. You know, nothing against uh, the uh, eastern coast of the U.S., but the further we got down, the more I realized, you know, this was this was getting too busy uh, for for my liking. You know, I'm used to a relatively sheltered life up here in the eastern eastern part of Canada. I'm in Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, you know, a big city to me is the nearest capital city, which is Halifax, where I grew up. And even right now, you know, it's only in the three to 400,000 population range. So when we were, you know, going around the outskirts of New York and uh, through that and then down into Baltimore, it was just a little bit overwhelming. And at the time, we were just starting to get high-speed internet um, in this area up here, which was actually strange because it, it still wasn't, mainstream on the eastern coast of the united states so um, i said look you know i i would love to work for you and uh you know work from a home office back in canada and um you know i have high speed internet no trouble focusing on that so let's try that and he was he was game to try that so as soon as we got back from our honeymoon, I gave my notice at uh, the company that I was working with doing computer-based training, and away we go. Um, bit of a whirlwind for my wife because she married me thinking I had this stable, quote-unquote, 
office job, which I quickly uh, departed from. Very uh, nerve wracking time, but you know the 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 income was even better than what I was making uh, while I was took this new position working remotely. So what I did was I just set up uh, one of the rooms in our two bedroom apartment as a home office, and uh, and I set up the computer in there. Started working there. Everything was going fine. Um, even got to the point where uh, he suggested that I hire an additional person. So basically, I brought on another friend as an additional contractor, worked out of my home office, and uh, everything was going fine until the 2000, uh, I think it was around 2000, 2001, the dot-com bubble started to burst. And literally overnight, um, I went from working for this guy, um, you know, getting a paycheck every two weeks in American dollars, which at the time was converting quite well. Um, and overnight, one day, went from that to nothing. And I mean absolutely nothing. To the point where um, the only option that my wife and I had was to move in with her parents in an, a town, a small town, about an hour, a little over an hour away from the city that we were living in to basically figure out how we were going to pull through this. So um, that's exactly what we did. It was a whirlwind. Um, luckily, the apartment building let us get out of the lease. No issues there. But unfortunately, I had just had, uh, we had just made the not so smart decision to get a brand new vehicle and we're paying a massive monthly payment on it. So unfortunately we had this massive car payment that we were still left with despite, you know, getting out of the apartment and being able to live with family free of charge, at least for a while. Um, we had to put a lot of our stuff in storage with relatives and, uh, anyway, very stressful time. But, you know, the interesting thing was I realized during that time that, you know, I had confidence in myself and my ability to rebound from this eventually. Um, And I look back on those, it ended up being two years that we ended up living with my in-laws. Some of you are probably shuddering at the thought right now, but uh, it worked fine. I I got along with my in-laws fairly well. Um, But those two years... Um, were some two of the best years I think in my life. Maybe not necessarily, you know, the situation of living with relatives, but the w- how I transformed in those two years uh, shaped everything leading up to where I am today. So, w- you know, like I say, this was summertime. I think it was around June. So we ended up uh, moving to an area where there were beaches that we could go to and sort of relax during the stressful times. But what I quickly did was I I quickly compiled a list of the contacts that I had acquired in the previous um, time when I was working from home. And uh, so what happened was I touched base with a few of these key people and said, you know, hey, um, I'm basically on my own now. 
These are the skills that I have. If you have a need for this kind of work, let me know and uh, we'll go from there. So one thing led to the other and gradually I started getting clients and projects. Uh, A lot of them were websites to build, um, presentations to do. And slowly but surely, I gravitated towards specializing in essentially high-impact web video presentations. Now, at the time, they were mostly Flash-type 2D presentations, 2D animation, um, but that was that was all the rage back then. And now the presentations that I create are created in more advanced software, of course, and they're basically infomercial-type presentations with animated text, stock photos, stock video, custom effects, um, and that kind of thing. And basically the end result is a powerful, uh, convincing sales presentation or overview presentation of some product or service or opportunity. So that was the area that I focused on, but it was sort of a trend I could see happening. And of course, at the same time, you know, if somebody wanted a website built, I would do that as well. Um, But even back in those two years, um, I started to realize, you know, well, this is what I want to specialize in. This is where the demand seems to be and, and where I seem to fit in well. But I want to do something else. Uh, I had another idea. And, you know, this is where the whole multiple in the multiple streams of income started for me because I realized that, you know, I can be building these presentations, but I think I can come up with another idea that could possibly generate money down the road and get that going now as well. So what that was, was I started an online community, basically a discussion forum slash photo gallery community for uh, sport fishing in the province that I live in. And um, I had very good connections in that industry. I was heavily involved, very... uh, adamant about my sport fishing and my uh, you know my time out when I'm not working my time spent out in boats or standing in rivers and uh, fly fishing uh, spin fishing all types of fishing deep sea fishing Um, so I had the connections for that and I realized you know what this could work because at the time there's really nothing out there so while I was building these presentations for clients my very small list of clients, I was also planting the seed and building this, starting this online community for sport fishing because I saw a need for that. I just didn't see anything else out there like what I wanted to create. So I got a great domain name. I started that community. I immediately got the word out through my closest inner circle of friends through sport fishing and it started to grow. I mean, I remember back when, you know, that community only had, you know, its first 40, 50 members signed up. And back then, things were very basic. In fact, I remember I hired uh, a Russian programmer to build it because I needed to keep the cost down. Um, I really didn't have the money to be dabbling in it in the first place, but I, I just had a feeling that it was going to work in time. So what happened was I ended up uh, outsourcing the programming, 
got this site built, started telling people, and we got this community going. And uh, over a period of uh, the next 10, 12 years, that community grew very, very well. And it also spawned off from it multiple other communities uh, in sport fishing and even the hunting industry. I'm not a hunter myself, but there were enough anglers on the fishing sites that also hunted and they thought, well, it would be a good platform for that as well. So ended up that one idea turned into four different online communities and every one of those online communities eventually, and I say eventually, started to generate some income. It was not easy. If I had been relying on these communities from day one to feed myself and my wife, we would have been not eating. I mean, we just would have starved to death. There's no question. But because it was an added income stream possibility, um, it started to work. Um, So I focused on the web development, the the online presentations, gradually picking up more clients. And I'm going to switch back to that for a little while, focus on that. Ended up doing one particular presentation for a client And on those presentations in those days, I had a little animation by Cybernetic Media. Cybernetic Media being my parent company name still to this day. Um, And what happened was, and that video essentially went viral, as viral as it could have in in its day for that industry, which was the home business network marketing industry. And I can remember, it was around the time that we ended up getting back on our feet enough to get our own apartment again. We ended up moving back closer to the capital city where we had left. Um, That video project went viral, and in the span of maybe a week, um, I think I had about a dozen to two dozen inquiries into similar producing similar videos uh, and presentations. So that was really the point where... I started to get my feet back under me. And I should also say, I forgot to mention, that at the time, um, yes, I was get I had web clients, but I did take a part-time job um, with a car dealership in the city to sort of supplement uh, what was lacking from the, the, uh, the web business. So I just wanted to ensure that, you know, if things got rough, we'd still be able to pay the rent and you know be self-sufficient. So I did take a part-time job. I'll be honest, it did not. Um, what's the best way to to say this? Being an entrepreneur to the degree that I was, and I knew that I was, um, I just couldn't put a hundred and ten percent into my day job, which was working for this car dealership. I tried, I did try, but my heart was in building up my web businesses. And so unfortunately, or not unfortunately, fortunately, I guess, um, it didn't take too long before um, my web business was building and building and it sort of overshadowed the the job that I had taken during the day. So I left the, the day job and... Uh, and ended up focusing on the web businesses. So, so here I was uh, building the business up slowly but surely, getting more clients uh, day after day. 
And, um, you know, everything started to come together. It was slowly but surely coming together. And so I think I'm going to cut this episode of the podcast off there because I'm realizing that, you know, I'm 28 minutes in and I really haven't covered a lot of the other uh, developments in my own personal quest for multiple streams of income. But as you can see so far in this episode, I went from, uh, you know, working a, a quote unquote steady job to being self-employed, full-time contractor based situation from home, uh, losing that overnight and then rebuilding from the ground up and getting back on our feet. And uh, so what I want to do is leave this episode there and I'll pick up in episode seven um, where I left off here and I should be able to wrap up, bring you up to speed of where I am personally in that episode. So thank you so much for listening. I hope, uh, you know, this has been somewhat interesting uh, hearing, you know, where I'm coming from. I apologize if it's taken longer than I thought initially to get there. But uh, anyway, this has been episode six of the Multiple Streams of Income podcast. And thanks for listening and hope you join me on episode seven. Episode eight, um, I'm going to bring a new guest on and we're going to talk about a really exciting new opportunity that you may very well be interested in, want to pay attention to in that one. Tune in for episode seven, the next episode where I'll finish bringing up speed on where I'm coming from personally. Thanks again so much. This is Dave Doggett, Multiple Streams of Income Podcast. Episode six, you can find the show notes at msipodcast.com slash zero zero six. Thanks again. Talk soon.